Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another No Football Break podcast with the London is Blue podcast. We're um, doing our our three-part this week again. Uh, Brandon, your host is always joined by Nick and Dan and special guest Olivia. Uh, welcome back, Olivia. I have to tell everyone, if you didn't see part one, go back and listen to it, watch it. It was all about the transfers and whatever transfers have happened at this point. Um, but we're going to be talking about what's kind of going on in the football world this, this time. Uh, obviously UEFA keeps, I don't know, how would you put it, Nick? Um, Throwing their weight around if they have any, (laughs) trying to bully clubs and leagues into doing what they want. Uh, But we've had some fight back. And so I think we'll go around Europe, uh, see what decisions have been made, talk a little bit about the Premier League again. Then uh, we've been lucky enough to hear from the gaffer himself. So we'll we'll hear what Frank had to say. Well, I think what we should do is say, you know, we talked about UEFA. All plans are due from domestic leagues by May 25th. To avoid or to make sure that the, you know their teams are able to be included in European football heading into the next season, so we've seen uh, a couple of interesting things have happened. So uh, Ligon, PSG are the champions again. That's done. It's over. We don't have to talk about that one anymore. Syria, they're actually going to start resuming training. Some teams have already. Roma and uh, and a few others have actually gotten back underway with a planned restart coming up here. Um, at some point in the near future, but teams can technically begin training on the 18th, but some teams are already doing it. We've seen Bundesliga 
There's been talk about that restarting here in May, but there have also been teams that are now testing positive for the coronavirus already. Uh, anything in their top two tiers are continuing. Anything below the, the bonnet, you know, tier three and down has been suspended and abandoned. We've seen, let's see, La Liga potentially starting back sometime in summer, closer to June has been their proposal. And then we get to the fact that obviously Euros are suspended until 2021, and then the Champions League has been suspended indefinitely. So uh, that brings us that brings us to England, Nick. And England has some idea of what they'd like to do. Whether or not that that is actually feasible is really the question. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting couple of weeks, and I, and I pass the ball to Olivia here because uh, you know you're on the ground and you're kind of living through that scenario more than more than we are. Although I'm happy to talk about the MLS restart, which I think we're all here for. <laughs> oh, there's a reason we didn't bring it up, Nick. No, I, I would like to get your perspective because you know it's it, just from a, a societal standpoint, right? Which is kind of where you have to start with this. Yeah. You know, cases are not declining everywhere. You know, yeah. there's still a lot of sick people out there, and it, you know, it's always seemed to me like unless there was a significant downturn in what this virus is doing to society, it would be nigh on impossible to have football. And and I still feel that way. So I don't know if that's how you feel. It's, um, it's a really difficult situation because everyone's missing football. Um, I think there's so much money that goes into the Premier League that that's why there's so much more talk about it restarting because... And, and and everyone wants it to do so. I think also, also the government, I think if, if football was back on and, and every live game was shown, people would be happy to stay indoors. That's another, re- like it, during lockdown, that would be something that everyone in England and the rest of the world would enjoy. Um, coming from like a, my, I don't, I don't have, we don't, we don't know any update. All we know is that there's another meeting on the, on the 8th, I think. So the coming Friday um, about, what they think should happen. I know everyone wants it to to restart, but it has to be safe. You can't just restart it because players, but the thing is, it's a contact sport as well. Like, you know, you can test players two or three times a week, but what about all the NHS staff and all the frontline workers? Like they've, they've got to be, I think we're going to come on to what Frank Lampard said. And that was one thing he mentioned in, um, in a minute, but it's got to be safe to do so. You're thinking, I know it's only, 12 or how 11 11 players on a pitch but they come into contact all the time and if that's not safe then they can't go ahead and do it because what if one player gets it or one backroom staff you look at germany and you look at i think it's Köln. what you said earlier they yep. they've got two or three players or staff who've got it so that's now pushed the bundesliga back and now if that happens what i think though is liverpool only need to get to, only need two wins to win the title don't they so I don't know if they, they're going to bring it back. And then if they play the two games, then it's fine because the relegated clubs aren't going to, or the teams in the bottom three aren't going to care because they won't go down. Liverpool will have mathematically will have mathematically won it. You look at teams like Sheffield United that may be a little bit irritated because they have a chance to get into Europe, but they'll be one of only a few teams that will care. If Liverpool have already won it, then that's the main thing, isn't it? Winning the title. Um, but I personally, I I don't know if it's going to come back. I don't. I don't think it should come back. But there's only a certain time frame now that it has to come back by a certain time. Otherwise, the players won't. You need to finish the season. Think about it. finish the season. You need to. The players need to have a break. They also need to have a pre-season before the eighth of August. It just is just so unrealistic at the moment. Um, 
But obviously, I think we'll know more next week. I think we'll know more next week after this meeting where clubs and players and, and people are putting forward their ideas and actually openly saying what they think. And then, But the Premier League have only got, they've got less than a month to come up with a with a proposal to send to UEFA. So. Yeah, and I think for, for me that uh, the group that gets left out of this conversation in a lot of articles that I read, Brandon, are the players. And, you know, it, it's... I know that the PFA exists for a reason. I know that, you know, American sports have players associations as well who, who are actively working through return scenarios because the PFA and, and any sort of players association is dedicated to supporting the players and not, you know, necessarily the leagues. They're they're in a in in America they're in a collective bargaining agreement. So they have to come to the table together to decide when we're gonna go back. Um and it's interesting to me that you see, you know, kind of both sides of the spectrum, Brennan, opinion-wise, from your Agueros who don't want to come back until it's safe to other players who think they should be back right now. It's it's going to be a real battle to see kind of who wins out here. Yeah, well, <clears throat> not only do we need to, you know, finish the season, start a new season, there's a lot of clubs that are going to want to reinvest into their squads and the transfer window is still a huge part of the football model that exists. And again, contracts are going to end at the end of June. They seem confident they can extend them or whatever. But that, when are you going to add that crazy mess <laughs> to this whole this whole thing? So, um, yeah, I think that by having other European leagues call it off, um, I think the one thing that is like the little thing I pick out of what the FA puts out is they said that they'll complete it assuming that it's safe per the national guidelines. So I think that's kind of like they're out. They're like, we would be irresponsible to not have a plan ready, but that plan only is in effect if the governing health officials allow it. And so I think they can go to Sky and BT and UEFA and be like, it's not on us. We legally cannot play because the health officials, the ministers have said it is not allowable. I think that's what we've seen in France. That's what we've seen in, in Holland. Um, Germany, as squeaky clean and efficient as they have been, couldn't even make it two days. <laughs> and as you point out, FC Köln have three cases. And to your point, why are we going to be testing all of these players twice weekly when to your to the point you can't test medical frontline workers that would just go and say as a society we don't value you we value these entertainers who at the end of the day they're entertainers just like movie stars and 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 music artists and things like that it just can't be allowed and i listened to the the bbc uh, their friday social podcast on on well, friday or saturday and they and one of the journalists who's been covering it very a lot said that he felt like the Premier League were very aware of the PR optics of that as well, and rightly so. And I think that it would be hard for them to go to sleep knowing that they're taking away tests uh, from society, from the frontline workers, and things like that. So I, I do think that a to to wrap it up, they should be having plans. They need to have plans. That is their business. But B, I also think that they are using, you know, they want the health ministers to tell them they can't so then they can go to their P 
people and be like, it's not, a, it's not on our hands. It's not ours. It is, this is not the time to do it. I literally run a business on, that have adult leagues and pick up so- sports and things like that. We're not doing it. <laughs> if the pros can't do it, we can't do it. So it's got to, it's got to change. It's got to pivot, Dan. Well, time, time is finite. Testing supplies and the ability to actually test is a, is a finite resource. And so we have to think about like, what, what do we have infinite opportunity with and what do we have finite kind of opportunity with and there's a finite opportunity with a lot of things in this scenario player health is a finite element as well that's another thing that we should consider you know, we've talked about this a couple times on the show that while someone could recover potentially from the coronavirus or COVID-19 who is just maybe a standard individual who doesn't exert themselves on a regular basis as their form of work might have no issue, but think about what maybe reduced lung capacity could be for a player who gets tested positive, comes down with a bad case, and maybe can't ever get back to the true top ability in their field. You know, that could be career ending in a capacity as well for someone. And so I think, you know, we'll get to Frank's points here, but the most important thing is the safety piece. And I think all of us, you know, the, the, the major thing that people tend to point out, it seems like it's Liverpool fans feel like, well, you know, everyone else wants it abandoned because they don't want to see Liverpool win the title. We all have assumed Liverpool is going to win the title for a very, very long point of time this season forward. And so while it sucks that that is obviously an eventual reality, like I don't think they should be stripped of a title. They played an amazing season to get to that point, and it sucks that it's going to happen. But like, but that's not the reason why anyone is putting forward this type of positioning in terms of potentially abandoning. Like, I I'm at the point where I'm just saying, like, let's just give them the title, let's move forward, and let's let's prepare with the finite time we do have to next season to make yes. sure that we can get it out and off it without a hitch. Because that's that's we have time now to plan for that. Like, yeah. you can you can 100%. always get bridge loans, you can always get investments. A lot of these teams have very you know, large financial owners, and they can all trickle down to the remainder of the leagues because now we've, we've canceled the youth game, right? And so Chelsea's youth teams were definitely poised to do extremely well in the U18 and U23 level this season. Their seasons are over. We haven't talked about the, the women's game, which is adopting whatever is similar to the men's game at the moment, but the Chelsea women were going to do some fantastic stuff as well. We were talking about a trouble with the women. Yes, we were. And But the important thing is safety first. And there, there's money there. There are people to get loans from. Like the, it's, it, that should not be the overarching issue of all this. It, it's crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen what a coronavirus test looks like. It, it looks horrific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, it, and it's nightmare fuel. It is nightmare fuel. To, to imagine doing that two or three times a week for however many weeks. I, I think it's just like we, we take for granted that right like this is like one thing we take for granted in this whole scenario is just like that like no no player in their right mind is going to want to go all right can't wait for this nine inch long thing to be shoved into my brain three times a week cool um it's it's just madness so i I think we're all on the same page but man it's tough so moving on to the gaffer lampard here Uh, i'm just going to read part of it it was on the chelsea website and app Uh, so again Shameless plug, go download the Fist Stand app, especially now that Olivia's on. I mean, duh, no brainer. <laughs> Support our friends. We had, we had to make sure that we, like, we mentioned it in almost every episode. We just had to make sure we mentioned it when you were on. It's even more <laughs> relevant now. 
You know, not often do we we get to say our our friend on the pod is there. Go check them out and see what they're doing. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Lampard says, "I'm quote I'm very aware of the nation's desire to get football back on because of what it means, the escapism, and the fact we love our football. But I'm also aware of the many obstacles that we have to overcome." He said on BT Sports early kickoff show today. Uh, he continued and said, "quote We are all desperate to watch football, to play football, and to train again. However," We cannot risk the health of the players and staff who are working in football, and we have to respect the amazing work that the NHS and care workers have been doing. Uh, end quote. And then he just also said, hey, we need to weigh up the fact that before we make these decisions, that football should not take important resources away from the healthcare frontline. It's such a critical time. What a level-headed, well-spoken person, Olivia. I mean, he just gets it, I think. The recent article uh, quotes with Eugene Tenenbaum talking about Roman and why he bought the club and his outreach campaign from the beginning and, the, you know, all the work that Chelsea has done behind the scenes that we didn't even talk about. Um, the club seems more unified now than it has in a long time. And what a crazy thing to have a global pandemic be the thing that really shows us just how aligned the stack is at our club. We it's been such a good example. We've set probably the best example. We've probably, when you look at all the things we've done that aren't actually all reported about, all of them aren't. There's a few things that people talk about and a few things that are known, um, but just everything from the, even from like the tiniest things to the, you know, letting the, using the hotel for NHS staff. And we've, we've been doing so much and Frank Lampard is so right in everything he says. I think he's one of those managers that, he he just he knows he knows exactly what to say, and even like taking it back to when he's doing post match interviews, I think he's so well respected in what he says, and he will come out and he will speak the truth. He won't won't chuck his players under the bus. He won't do any of that. But if we've had a poor game, he'll tell us. And even now, when he's coming out and talking about this, I think everyone can respect what he's saying, and everyone agrees with him. I don't think there's anyone out there when you when you look at the comments he's made that can sit there and go, actually, no, he's he's not right because. He is right. And as long as as long as everything that he says in that sort of interview, everything that that all needs to happen, that all needs to happen before we even think about bringing Premier League football back. So he's so right. And and obviously everyone agrees with him. And he does as much as all of us want football to come back. Do you know what I mean? So but we've got to make sure it's fully safe. And and him just from Abramovich all the way down, Chelsea have been absolutely amazing in everything that, that we, we've sort of done. Yeah, I mean, it, he makes a point kind of later in the article that I think is is probably the key point to me, which is the other issue uh, is when we talk about testing, what, what, what we're going to have to be doing, not with the playing staff, but just the 70 or 80 other people that are around Cobham, right? It, it's not just, you know, the 11 that would start and then seven on the bench and the handful of coaches. Like, it is just a, a such a big effort to get a football match played with so many people involved, groundskeepers and broadcast people and, and everything. And that's without a single fan in the stands, right? It is it is uh it's it's a Herculean lift that I, I'm not sure anybody in the football community, anyone in the American sports community is ready for. I mean it's I think he just realizes the enormity of what the past six weeks have meant, Dan. And to me, it's just, it's smart to kind of hedge your bets one way. And I think he did a really good job of, of doing that. He has been spot on and been an A-plus hire from the moment we brought him in and is just continuing to do it in all facets of the game. And so I think 
not just a brilliant player for us, not just a brilliant manager, but also a brilliant person in the way that he's conducted himself. And yeah, I, I think Chelsea are just doing it right. And I think that's another just point of pride that we can have that our club just it is doing the right things is walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time, which not every club has done or, you know, clubs have been chastised by their desire to take public funds or to not maybe institute wage cuts or to furlough their, you know, their, their match day staff and things of that nature. Chelsea have just led by example and other clubs have had to follow, which, uh, you know, pretty much is the way it should be most of the time. You know what? Being a fan is an emotional relationship with the team if you don't feel connected to the the players to the club to the team whatever it's not gonna it's not gonna happen like you're not gonna you know stay with them through the ups and the downs and you know again I think it just kind of comes back to say everyone is been overjoyed with the way the club has handled it we've seen you know Unfortunately, Liverpool get more praise for reversing their decision than Chelsea get for getting it right the first time, which is a little ironic. Um, but that's just the way it is. And I think that um, it's just it's just reinforced a lot of, I think, our feelings and our emotions to the club. And so uh, it's been great to be able to just sit there and retweet on the timeline all the amazing things that come out and that the club are doing. Uh, the at-home workouts, the amount of interviews that are going out, it's just... They are not sitting back and, and kind of just, yeah, I don't know, just you know, not doing anything. Their 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 engagement and their level of activity, I think, is is probably increased compared to what they're doing, which is great. The amount of matches, the replays they're showing on this days, the stuff like that. I don't know. Personally, it's just been absolutely fantastic to try to help fill the void. As we all admit, it is a very big void, but it's it's not bigger than what's going on. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I think that'll wrap it up. Again. You know, if PSG can be crowned champions and they only have a 12 point lead, I think you could probably call it here <laughs> since we have the biggest gap from first to second. I actually, sorry to just interrupt, but I yeah. I can't quite believe that that's happened in France. Like I Same. I can't, like, and especially for those two teams that have been relegated that have every chance of getting out of trouble. How do you just look at that? And, but I don't, I don't believe, I don't know this, but. I don't think the Premier League would just award Liverpool the title if if the if the the matches weren't finished because yeah they're so far ahead but if you don't finish a season how can you give someone a title if they haven't mathematically won it um so I was really shocked at that from 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 the French league but I don't yeah. know whether whether or not that'll happen in England who knows yeah, so I think it's safe to say Liverpool probably worthy winners aren't they <laughs> yeah but again we're happy to call it technicality right like we have no <laughs> issue with that i mean you were Premier League champions. three quarters yeah, League, champions. yeah ne- league not finished <laughs> yeah so like in france toulouse on 13 points they're long gone but you have amiens and names who are 27 and 23 points respectively and then the the first team out of relegation is on 30 points so you know they're one match away you know, a couple matches away from the relegation to your point. And they've only played 28 matches, so they still have 10 more matches to go. Uh, Serie is very close with Juventus on 63, Lazio 62. Uh, La Liga is very close, Barcelona on 58, Real Madrid on 56. Bayern is at 55, Dortmund at 51. And so, again, but obviously there's the relegation battles, which I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, you know, is is going down and the teams coming up is the biggest thing. So um, it's it's going to be tough 
but they're going to have to come together and find a way to make it work from top to bottom to keep this going. Otherwise, everyone's going to lose. So we'll have to see. Premier League said um, only one team has to say no. We don't feel comfortable playing, and they won't do it. So we'll have to see. That that meeting, to your point, Livy, this coming Friday will be quite interesting. Uh, so be on the look for that. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up. So part three coming at you guys on Friday. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up again. Olivia, thanks for joining us. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.